this week on Tea with Queen and Jay. It's our 200th fucking episode. We talk about how we engage with celebrity death on social media, conspiracy theories, editing black women out of history, fake diversity initiatives, along with our live broadcast from South by Southwest. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Queen and Jay. Tea with Queen and Jay. What's up, yo? Nothing. What's up with you? Uh, nothing. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Coming off a good weekend. Okay. It's the first of the month while we're recording. <laughs> oh, that's right, yo. It's April. April yeah. Fool. We're not doing a show. Cut it off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> April Fools. Cash your check and come on. Did you do any April fooling on anybody? No. Um, the running joke is I tell my mom I'm pregnant. Oh. Um, I haven't done that in years. Mm-hmm. Um. That's it. I remember one time I told a guy I was pregnant and we hadn't had sex a month. And he was like, what, what, what? I was like, you the fucking hoe. That's funny. You a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> and not in the empowering way in which we say hoe. Right. Now you meant he, you a hoe. Yeah. <laughs> you a hoe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We, we are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. Jay. Ew. Hey. Yes. I love doing that. Yo. Yeah. This is episode 200. Yo. So we've done this 200 times. We've done it more, more than, than that, that. Yeah, because we've done it we more have... than that because we've had other like special episodes Episode. and whatnot. But this is our two hundredth like Tea with Queen and Jay episode. Wow! Yeah, like if we were a TV show, we'd be in syndication and we'd be getting Definitely. checks. We'd be getting, but checks, we decided too. to be podcasters and we liberate black women, and that's our reward: yeah. is dismantling the system. Yeah, that we're not going to see freed until we're dead. Exactly. And they won't allow that on TV. Right. <laughs> so that's for a podcast. All right. Well, that's cool. I get things out mm-hmm. of it. We have all of our dope listeners. Yes. Right? We do. Yep. So, Jay. Yo. Do you want to tell the people for the 200th time? The 200th time, yo. What a libation is? It actually didn't used to be libations. We it didn't used, to, used be, to do this in the beginning. No, we didn't do this at all. Right. We didn't do it at all. And then we started doing pinkies, pinkies up, up. And then we decided that pinkies were for the colonizer. And, and we turned it to libations, fuck that yo. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, 200 so. five years okay so what are libations libations are when we pour one out for the people places and things that give us black as black joy like libations are our shout outs libations are our like say hey say what's up love to like all of that good shit yo so just we pour one out for the homies mm-hmm. yeah. what are your libations this week so my libations are for listeners so Damn. libations to all the listeners that have come and joined us throughout the years. We've been doing mm-hmm. this for five years. So thank you. Libations to you. Libations to the listeners who told us like in the beginning that your sound, you know. Yeah, can, you, can get, you do can a you, podcast that we can hear? Because we're supposed to listen. So can you make it so we can listen? So libations right. to you guys because we did improve that. Yep. Um, libations to people who would tell us like, um, excuse me, coming out DMs like, um, the podcast is looping or um, mm-hmm. I think you might have cut this yeah a little too or that time when like there was no podcast at no all episode. only the segments <laughs> like hey only the segment your, intros. Whole, your whole podcast is blank you downloaded a whole blank podcast <laughs> um you, could you maybe like maybe, look, put, maybe the, put some content you know, in there yeah maybe. please 
Um, and a lot of a lot, it was a lot of listens. Yeah, a lot of people tried to that that shit was up for a minute. Yeah. <sighs> so thank you. So to much those fun. Who, yes, thank you to those so listeners. Fun. Thank you to the listeners who find us and then decide to listen from episode one. Weirdos. Y'all, we, we like you though. We love you. Strange. Mm-hmm. We welcome you, but completionists. It is strange. Um, thank you to the listeners who send us pay black women nominees or whatever. And there's no link to yes the website. Yes. Um, libations. Thanks for trying. Yeah, um, and to people who send us actual pay black women with links and all that. Good of course, stuff or of whatever. course, of yep. course. We do comedy here. Yes, so it's pointing those out. Okay. Libations to everyone who has donated to this podcast throughout yep. the year and with donations we mean but money with mm-hmm. time with sharing this podcast yep. libations to you because like it's fucking amazing mm-hmm. where we have gone and that's grown right. with that's those right. things libations to everybody who's offered us their time and like information yep. and services and like taught us how to do shit or showed us how to do shit or did some shit for us yes. or whatever. Like professional niggas who do shit professionally but do it for, for us, us for, for free. free. Like thank all of you. We appreciate you. And you are like why we're still here five years later, yo. Definitely. Libations to everyone who has left us a review on comment or whatever app that you listen to this podcast right. on. That helps us so much. Libations to you. And I want to give libations to... The listener who left a review, our bad review on Apple Podcasts, that told us to do Do better. better. Yeah. Yeah. Libations to you. Libations to you, hater. Because guess what? We're doing the same shit we were doing when you said to do better. We're not doing better. We're doing fucking amazing. All right? Great. We changed nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nada. Yeah. So yeah, libations. I hope you're enjoying your white supremacy. (laughs) I hope you're enjoying it. (laughs) You know? Yeah. With a side of patriarchy <laughs> <laughs> and washing it down with capitalism. capitalism. Mm. Libations to you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, libations to all of that. Libations to every podcaster, our podcast community. Yes. Um, everybody who fucks with us, everyone who's ever come to one of our live events, one of our live shows. Yes. Everybody who comes to and is going to come to Pod and Live NYC, that our annual lucky. black podcast meetup. That we don't have that Funk Master Flex bomb. <laughs> Oh, we would bomb everything today. Yes, right? Yeah. yeah. Be lucky. Yeah, yo. Libations to everybody, yo. We are, like, super excited to still be doing this. Um, We do this because we enjoy it. Yes. And, yeah, we don't, like, also do a podcast. We, like, do a podcast and we also do other stuff. Yeah. Because we, like, enjoy doing this podcast and yep. talking about what we talk about. Mm-hmm. And we're not just, like, doing it, like, to fucking do it. Yo. Yeah, this podcast is also a part of Jay and my mm-hmm. Black Joy. Yep. And we are so happy that you are a part of our Black Joy. That's right, yeah. Fucking dope. It's fucking amazing, yeah. Yes. All right. Donations. Can you tell people how and why to donate to this podcast? Yes. So, donate to this podcast to help sustain this podcast, progress this podcast, and keep the lights on for this here podcast. That's right. Um, the way that you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay is by going to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com. And if you slide down on our homepage, there is where you will see two options. Two. The first option is our PayPal option, and that is where you can do a one-time donation. So you come however many times you want and drop something in a collection plate. Our Patreon option is our second option, and that's where we're asking for just a little bit more commitment. We're asking for $2 a month. $2! 
Um, you can give more or less. That is up to you. But we're only asking for $2 a month. And that was, those are the ways that you can donate monetarily. We also have the links for each of those options in our show notes. If you're like driving or something or you have the phone in your hand and you don't want to run to the website. Other ways that you can donate that are not monetary are by sharing this podcast, reviewing this podcast, um, giving us stars or whatever app stars hearts whatever you do on the app that you listen to this podcast subscribing to this podcast that means something visiting every week is great but when you subscribe and it just makes it permanent write about this podcast um tag us and post yeah so make sure you share this too that is a way that you can donate to tea with queen and jay without the skrilla that's right Mm -hmm. this week's donation libations uh we have a few folks hit us on our PayPal, and those people are Marianne. Thank you so much, Marianne. Marianne says, love y'all, and I'm glad I can help support. Keep up the excellent work. Thank you so much, Marianne. Janice, or Janice, broke us off and says, you never know. <laughs> In my head, I was like, that could be Mariani. <laughs> it could never know never know never know janice says thank you for creating an incredible piece of media from which i grow learn engage myself slash keep my privileged passing north american born puerto rican tv italian Mm -hmm. ass in check janice you're fucking welcome yes thank you so much for your donation we appreciate you and we got some new subscribers to the patreon our new patrons are nisha kim ruben the homie Kaidel upped their pledge. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kaidel. Stephanie, T, and Shay. Shay also upped their pledge. Thanks, Shay. Thank you so much. We appreciate all of you, and you all are what help us like grow, yo. Word. Without like going completely broke or. Here's to 200 more episodes. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking dollars. I was like, I'm worth so much more than $200. Um, yeah, duh. Yes, That's 200 more episodes. The fuck? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? events pod in live hashtag pod in live nyc is coming up on may 11th we're doing that this year at vaughn in nyc at 4 p.m pod in live nyc is our annual podcast meetup it is the largest podcast meetup in um, i want to say the tri-state area but i think it's the largest black podcast meetup in like the country the universe like the largest like annual black podcast i was thinking universe but we can be stuck with we can stick to yeah that's cool that's cool um they're not popping like this on mars they're not popping like this on mars you're right we do it every year it's inclusive as fuck everybody come through bring your black ass other people you can come to and you could bring your other colored ass yes bring your other colored ass and uh, bring your your non-colored ass whatever it is bring it just know Mm -hmm. that we center black and brown podcasters and if you are a podcaster Mm -hmm. if you are a podcast listener if you listen to tea with queen and jay inner whole uprising bag ladies podcast queer walk podcast bring yourself they're going to be other podcasts participating come through if you're curious about podcasting and you want to be around other podcasters and like see what's good come through again it's for listeners it's for podcasters it's for people who just want to come through be around other black people and have a drink yep it is a free afternoon of kick it session it is a black ass good time so come through bring yourself celebrate being a black podcaster celebrate being somebody who enjoys 
enjoys new media and black yes. content, mm-hmm. just like gather and come and kick it with us. And we're going to drop the RSVP link soon. Yep. So save the date that's happening on May 11th. Hashtag pod in live NYC. We want to see you there. We look forward to it. I'm excited. I'm excited too, yo. Yeah. It's good. This is our third year. We have year. an inaugural event. We have several. All right. Let's talk a little bit. So yeah. this episode is a little bit different because we it's episode 200. 200, so we had to like do something a little brand new. That's right. So we are going to share our live episode from South by Southwest where we had special guests Diamond and Estefany. That's Diamond Styles from Marsha's Plate Podcast and Estefany from Bag Ladies Podcast. Yes. And they came to South by Southwest. They hung out with us. They did a live podcast with us. And it was fucking dope and exciting. And we talked about all types of black girl shit live on the South by Southwest stage. So we're going to do that. Yeah, it's really it's dope. I'm so excited. I'm glad that we did that. I'm glad that I had that time with them at South by Southwest. Yeah. And I think experiencing it there with them being there for the second time it was just like it made it like a really good trip and good vibes and shit like that so yeah so that was fucking dope it was our anniversary of meeting diamond happy anniversary diamond so that was super cool we finally got to meet mia and z yes um from marsha's plate that was dope and it was great we hung out with tammy um who's one of our listeners we hung out with gladys another one of our listeners it was fucking dope it was it was we did meet a lot of listeners yeah we did the meetup mad listeners came out to that shit it's interesting because whenever we throw these things and i meet people and like hey and they act like they they listen to my podcast i'm like who are you like why are you here how'd you hear about this they're like obviously i listen to your podcast i it just never obviously i don't know because there's other podcasters here well that's true too but no, they didn't say that to me. But that's what in I'm my head saying. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's what Queen was saying in her head. Like, right. how would how the fuck? No, I True would say that. fuck in my head. How the fuck would I know? <laughs> There's other podcasts here. Right. I can't just be like big headed and be like, you here because of me. Right. You're right. It's You're other right. bitches. But it's just anytime I meet someone who listens to my podcast, it always surprises me. That you know? I agree because like I, I still feel like two people. Yeah, listen. and we know that mad other people. Oh my god, I didn't even tell you this listen. off mic. So I went to see my grandmother mm-hmm. okay i went to see my grandmother last week shout out to grandmothers shout out to grandmothers as i was coming out of the building i got off the elevator and i saw a black woman and i gave her the black woman hey girl because you know sometimes if you make eye contact hey girl because yeah. what's up why not right so I, she was looking at me so I, she smiled so i smiled and gave her the hey girl hi, how are you doing yeah. or whatever and i walked out the elevator and as i had my back turned she's like i love your podcast and I was like, oh, my God, thank you. And because we we're in my neighborhood, I was more inclined to, like, stay and talk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, are you from here? I'm from this building. That's where I'm from. Yeah. So we had a little conversation. So that That's was so in, cute. yeah, that was in the lobby of the building, right? Mm-hmm. So anybody who knows um, Co-op City, you, there's, like, the lobby, any building. It's fucking two doors, right? It'd be two doors. So I go out the first door, and this other black woman is coming in through the second. And she's uh-huh. like, you look familiar, and I was like, oh, really? And I I knew kind of what she was saying, but uh-huh. I don't like to, like, just, exactly. I'm not going to do we that or whatever. Don't right? don't do that. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, really? So I smiled at her and said hi. And I was guaranteed. She was like, T. I was like, yeah, T with Queen of J. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was just so, that has never happened to me, like, 
it was legit two totally different yeah. black women in the same like moment like, mm-hmm. like that's dope i like this story this is wild shit i like this story yeah so that was pretty cool so i'm still like we still think that shit is cool yo like as long as you're not a fucking weirdo that's still very yeah, cool for somebody to like acknowledge that you do work and that they like your work exactly. and I, I like when anyone likes our work but like to hear it from like black women like like me it's yeah. like especially it was doubly cool because like this is where i'm from yeah you know what that's I'm saying? What, that's black, for me that's what makes yeah, me excited like, about black story. women in the bronx like in my grandmother's building where i was like a kid mm-hmm. you know running around like that this is like I like wild. that. Wild. That's dope. This is wild shit, yo. Yeah. Dope. So anyway, so that's that cool was... that you could do that. I would never go back to where I grew up. Right. <laughs> not going back. I to... feel you. I I, I could relate. Not going back to Riverfuck. I'm not going to Riverfuck Towers. <laughs> just not. If your grandmother lived there, though, you would. I'm just happy she doesn't. Right. Uh, I just right. have no. I don't right. know anyone there. Yeah. You're more comfortable when you still know the hood. I don't know yeah. that hood anymore. Yeah. 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 I'm not going back there. No, I, I wish you all the best. Thanks. Wish you all the best. Oh, libations to River Park Towers. <laughs> we wish you all the best. This song's dedicated <laughs> to my homies from around the way. I'll tip my holy to your memory. All right, all right, all right. Took a sip and I start to think and I. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, we gotta stop. We gotta okay. stop. Okay, so before the, River Park Towers come for us. Before River Park Towers come for us. All right. Anyway, libations to them. Libations to every hood. Every yes. Year. Yes. So we have the live show coming up. We're gonna play that uh, audio for you. We just want to give a quick content warning. We're gonna talk about someone's death and untimely passing and um, murder. So we don't plan on going into graphic details. But if that type of content. Um, and the discussion of death at this time is uncomfortable for you, then uh, maybe check out, we'll do a timestamp of when we start talking and stop talking about this. So you can check the show notes to see if it's something that you want to skip. Untimely passing, death, um, killing, and I guess like the celebrity intersections of Of that that shit. Yeah. But we also, we wanted to talk about the passing, the untimely murder of a rapper and philanthropist and uh, investor mm-hmm. and business mogul nipsey hustle yeah he was he was kind of into kwanzaa principles yeah i would say that he was a kwanzaa ass nigger mm-hmm. that's what i would say yeah um and for anyone who is a new listener we fucks with the kwanzaa principles here on t with queen and j podcast rather heavily um those i would call them i would say those are on our like tenants of like like life code type shit yeah at this point um, i would say those yeah, are, those are like things that are consistent they're non-negotiable exactly exactly so we wanted to talk about um, nipsey hustle's murder um and and more so i guess the social media reaction to his passing yeah um and the way that we engage as black people and as the internet at, at large with death and killings and just like how we navigate this shit in general. Yeah, because it's, 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 the technology has kind of like made it hyper. Um, not like it's just, yeah, like a hyper awareness. Right. 
that we didn't have, I would say, not even 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, where it's going. So, like, funnel for myself um, that the piece that is the hardest for me to, I'm never going to understand and I'm always going to thank y'all are weirdos for this shit, but, like, sharing video. So, mm-hmm. um, there's video of Nipsey Hustle being shot, um, being murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's video of that, and then there's video. The co- video continues to like when you're seeing like the ambulance, um, the paramedics right. working on his body and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the whole video, yeah. but um, I don't like seeing shit like that. Mm-hmm. I have always consciously made a decision because I grew up in neighborhoods where stuff like that happened all the time. I always consciously made a decision that when shit like that was happening to walk away. To go upstairs, mm-hmm. like I didn't, I never used to run to fights. Like that just wasn't my thing because that was my way of keeping my peace of mind and removing myself from those situations, so that I wouldn't re-traumatize myself mm-hmm. based on past situations. Right. Um, Can I just say, just real quick, for anybody who is unfamiliar with this story, um, Nipsey Hussle was shot and killed in the front of one of his clothing stores mm-hmm. um, in his Crenshaw neighborhood. And uh, like you said, there is video footage of this um, killing. So I'm I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Mm-hmm. Um, being a person who opts out of seeing things like that, not re-traumatizing myself by seeing mm-hmm. acts of violence in that way. I say all the time on this podcast, don't tag us in violence yeah. shit. Like I don't. We're not I don't. Really I don't like that. seeing that shit. I was. Mm-hmm. I'm just. That doesn't do anything for me. Doesn't do anything for me to see someone murdered, beat up. Like it doesn't. That's not my real house of enjoyment. Yeah. Um. It actually is trauma for me. You know. Um. But now that we are in a space where, even though I have consciously made a decision that when things happen like that, live in action, mm-hmm. or even when it comes to like. Um, I think our first maybe interactions with those kinds of things is like news. Maybe back in the day when news would like follow like car chases and yeah. you know like live in that way. I think that was kind of our first interactions with that things. Mm-hmm. But even with that, I could opt out. I could turn the channel. I can walk away. I can know that I'm not watching this yeah. live chase mm-hmm. or whatever because Nowadays, this could end in this other thing. Right. You could open your Instagram and the first picture that pops, pops up, up is, is a video of the killing or the a picture. Even for me, it was a picture of like I knew when I opened the, my Instagram and the first image that i saw was nipsey hustle and the type of image that it was it was just like an image of him with his head like to the side but i knew from that image and like just the first sentence of the post that oh wow he's dead this This person is yeah this person is dead this is a r.i.p post and like in like is that the way that we should be finding out that people someone has passed that somebody has been killed you know what i'm saying like that immediacy of news and that lack of like it's just like it's like a lack of care and like i'm not a relative you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but like i'm sure he had relatives that that didn't know that something had happened Happened, yeah scrolling their instagram and And now this is how they they find out out. because somebody felt like they needed to break the news to the world that's the stuff that blows my mind too is these breaking ass news motherfuckers like you're not april 
Mm-hmm. Like you're not April from Ninja Turtles. Like yeah. you don't not the reporter. You don't got to be the one letting mm-hmm. people like you're not. And you it seems like everybody's not TMZ. That's not your job. They ain't hire you for that shit. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a race. Like the news, news will drop of somebody it being is. killed or some horrific news, and and it was the, it's the same kind of vibes that I got around when the news of um Jesse Smollett first his like the news of that story from the jump mm-hmm. like when he had said that he had been attacked and all this stuff and people posting their we stand with you posts all uh-huh. that it seemed like more of a race to post something first on social media than an actual um, showing of support. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like even in a lot of these RIP posts, it's like niggas want to be the first person to tell people or don't want to be, if you're not the first, then you don't want to be left out of telling, telling people, people or commiserating or whatever. And I know that for some people, you know, some people use social media as a space for like healing and venting and things like that. But I feel like when it comes to, when it comes to like death, I feel like sometimes the way that we do it, to me, it just feels, sometimes it feels a little bit selfish and like, I don't know if the term is narcissistic or if it's just, if it's just selfish, but like, I think like self-masturbatory, right, right. Somebody that I, somebody who I cared about and loved passed away and I I learned about it, but it was still like mad fresh and new. And then I I heard about it. And then I went on Instagram and people were like doing their like posts and like pouring their emotions out and shit. And I'm looking, I'm like, okay, so somebody told you, do you know that his whole family knows yet? Mm. While you're like grieving publicly here on social media, like have we made sure that everybody that was closest to this person is aware yet? Um, And this is somebody who I knew personally. So just when I think about the way that we engage with like celebrity death, and I know there are pieces of this, we can't control what every nigga does. There are pieces of this that are unfortunately the cost of celebrity. Mm -hmm. But I just wish that regular everyday niggas would take more time and care in thinking about when and how they post that When stuff. you're saying that, it makes me think of, so my older brother passed when I was about 17. Mm. And and my, like, we all knew, like, yeah. the family knew or whatever. And I remember my mom posted something um, in the lobby so everybody in the building could know or whatever. And right. I remember walking in the building and I'm an aloof ass bitch. I yeah. knew my, I knew one had passed. Like I knew this. And then somebody came to give me the condolences, but because I like to detach my pain and stuff so much that I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" Even though I knew, but it was like, "Huh?" Mm-hmm. And then they were like, for them, their heart dropped because they thought they told me information they right. hadn't told me yet. Which I wish more people kind of was like, I think he took ownership and like, oh shit, I may have not handle this with care. Right. I may have dropped the ball on my own, like, mm-hmm. and then he just started apologizing and crying, and I'm right. like, oh, yeah, like, right. no, 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 you didn't, mm-hmm. I knew, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, whatever, but it's like, have that kind of consideration, and mm-hmm. I get that it was easier because this is a person who saw me every day, knew my family and stuff like that, right. but it's like, you could really be breaking news about someone's loved one, yeah. and you're, you're like, you're like, be mm-hmm. more conscious of basically the energy that you're putting out in the world like for whoever doesn't know that he passed yet they're still living yeah you know and you kind of have even though you didn't murder them you Mm -hmm. have now in this moment 
killed this person. And you're a fucking stranger. Yes. You're a fucking stranger. Yeah. And let me let me also say that doesn't mean that we're saying that like strangers cannot be connected to celebrity people or that they don't mean something to us as a whole cuz when I saw when I saw that image as somebody who um was familiar with him uh-huh. but I wasn't I'm not like a fan but I'm familiar with him as a young person I'm familiar with him as um, a person who was doing things for his community and speaking out on certain things I'm familiar with him yeah. in a number of ways mm-hmm. but not close yeah it was Same. still like oh shit another another young black dude is dead and like this is not what I was trying to think about tonight exactly. you know what I'm saying this and it's nothing me knowing this right now as a stranger in this way this doesn't do anything for anyone or anybody except for honestly ruin my night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I was irritable the whole night. My partner was fucking yeah, irritable because he was connected to it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it just, um, when you're watching like news, like when you opt in, to something exactly it's like you know what you could get exactly. i know when i turn on exactly. cnn anything could happen yes. you know what i'm saying and that is not the con- that is not how it is when you're tapping into right. if you're opting into twitter yeah. or you're opting into facebook mm-hmm. or that's not what it is you're not there's no it's like that choice is not there yeah. that consent for me knowing okay i know that when i turn on the tv and i'm watching cnn or msnbc or whatever mm-hmm. that this is the content I'm going to get. And since these social media sites aren't, they don't, it is the general public who provides the content for the social media, mm-hmm. you could be walking into fucking anything. Right. So it's like, be mindful of what you're allowing people to walk into. Because mm-hmm. that shit is, it's, it's a lot. Right. Like, I know for me it's a lot. And I I don't, honestly, I, I know of Nipsey Hussle, like, only honestly because he is Laura London's he was Laura London's partner. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I had no like no idea. Right. But I'm not like don't really follow hip hop. Don't really know who knew, who any of these newer people are, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But it was still like sh- like shit. Like yeah. someone has died, mm-hmm. you know? So like even not being hugely connected, it made me it's like if I was f- forced to be connected in a way to this person that I didn't know and didn't have a connection with because mm-hmm. it was everywhere. Right. Everywhere. And it was just a lot for me and like overwhelming mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. As soon as I as soon as I um saw the picture of him like like that, I I, I just I was like, oh no, I'm not doing this. I'm I was this yeah, I, when I saw the way I found out was I was with my homegirl. We were out for her birthday. So we were like drunk in the car mm-hmm. and and she went on Twitter and she was like, shit, um, we didn't know he passed yet, but it was like, Nipsey got shot in the head, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, shit, I was having a great day. I knew I shouldn't have went on Twitter, which yeah. is that type of shit. Mm-hmm. She put her phone down, whatever. She drops me off home, whatever. I get in the house. I just happened to go on Twitter. Not even forgetting what we just did in the car. Oh, so I know that time had passed. I forgot because mm-hmm. like I said, I'm not gonna say she was drunk. She drove, but I was drunk. drunk. Yeah. Um. Get in the house and whatever. I'm like, oh, let me go on the Twitter. You know, whatever. Go on Twitter. The first thing I see is R.I.P. You know, whatever. Then I saw someone. Um, this is what made me angry. Mm-hmm. But someone said something about like, this is why nobody likes you gays now because y'all always want to bring up 
Oh my god. Um, Fuck. someone being homophobic. Oh, a black con- man died. Content warning: homophobia. <laughs> um, a black man died. So that's when I got annoyed. And then for me, I'm very. Um, I feel like out of all of my friends, I'm the most Twitter addict, addicted person. Mm-hmm. So usually when I see like shit like that happening on social media, I text the group chat and I'm like, Twitter's shit right now. Don't go on Twitter. I saw that. I was like, you ain't got to tell me twice. <laughs> I have other shit like, Twitter's to do. shit right now. Yeah. Um, don't go, you know, like mm-hmm. that was my thing. Um, when I finally went on, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. They're they wilding over there. <laughs> Like, don't Backs don't, go, away. don't go over there. Right? Don't go over there. Homer Simpson gif back into the bush. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was just a lot. And then for myself, I had got news that a friend of mine friend was murdered that mm-hmm. day. So it was just like it was just a lot. Yeah. It was a lot of murder mm-hmm. that day. Two mm-hmm. was too much for me to right. hear about in one day. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. There was also, uh, we don't want to dismiss the fact that uh, Nipsey also, I would say, maybe a year ago, mm-hmm. I think a year ago, he shared um, a problematic caption on one of his Instagram tweets um, that was... Instagram posts. Thank you. <laughs> Sound like Instagram old. tweets. Sound like Instagram you know when you sit in front of your computer at home and and tweet onto Instagram. You sound like a writer for um, she's got to have it. <laughs> I've been hired. I've been tapped into the next season. That's that's what we talked about. We talked about um, typing onto Twitter from your Instagram. You know. Anyway, sorry. I'm just playing. But um, yeah. He he. One of his Instagram posts about a year ago was a post a uh, picture of um like a hundred black men or something like that doing something positive. But his caption talked about it went back to like he's a gay agenda. He was a gay agenda ass nigga. A gay agendaness. Uh, yes. A gay yes. agenda. Yeah. Yes. He believed into the in, he believed in the existence of the gay agenda. Mm-hmm. And basically his his post was you know. Like these positive black men here, you know, this is an image of us like not being, not abandoning our families, no homosexuality, no this, no that or whatever. And like, like he, he listed a bunch of degenerate stuff and homosexuality and right? as if that's like, in what? line with that. What the fuck? Um, and then he ended up talking about it on Twitter. D-Ray um, challenged him in that, on that post and he responded... Um, by saying, of course, that he has love for all God's children, but don't sleep. There is a gay agenda and blah, blah, blah. Anytime someone says has love and not I love. Well, I'm paraphrasing. So there's a problem. Remember. I don't remember. Because I got love for you. Oh, you're right. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. shit ain't, bro. Yeah. You're just like fucking me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't stupid. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh. Mm. Um, i know you're paraphrasing but i'm just saying right so that 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 was some evidence of homophobia that none of us are unfamiliar with yeah people took his passing in this time to talk about his homophobia which i think is important to remember that Mm -hmm. and um, that we address that problematic shit I, I'm not a big engager in any of this shit, quite mm-hmm. frankly. So when I see this stuff happening and you're like, don't go on, I don't fucking go on. Or if uh, I see it, yeah. like how I saw that Instagram post, I was like, yeah. oh no, I'm out. It's really hard for me to not engage because yeah. um, I talk a lot. Right, yes. You know? Mm-hmm. So I try to like, that's why I'm just like, you know what, let me watch my block because mm-hmm. I want to yell at every motherfucker, yeah. but yeah. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I didn't engage in that, but it does... 
it does bother me. How do I say this? Because I really, this may be a problem because I'm a media nigga and maybe this is not something I should say on mic, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try it anyway. Y'all could scream at me, I guess, okay. so let me know. But this going to be your problematic Instagram right? tweet. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> this going to be the IG story um, tweet, Facebook post that they dig up three years later. On Snapchat. <laughs> on Snapchat, right. Oh, man. And people are going to remove me from their Facebook friendship, as my mother says. <laughs> we, we have a Facebook friendship. Anyway, I feel like him saying this, I guess what I'm about to do. I feel like I do the same thing. So that's how I'm yeah. feeling like. I feel like, okay. I feel like there's a difference for me, right? So when back when Again, XX. Yes. I don't know what you're going to say, uh-huh. but we're talking about ourselves yes. as individuals. Individual people. And how we are processing Death. all of this. How we are processing the murder of black lives. Yes. Okay. All right. I... Never shit on anybody who's mourning anybody's death. I don't give a fuck. Same. Who they are. Same. I do. I don't. If Bill Same. Cosby died today, I would not shit on anybody who decided they wanted to publicly mourn their mm-hmm. death. Agree. If R. Kelly, who we've been saying was a raping ass nigga since the start of this podcast, who we have shitted on, raping ass, rapist. and who we hope we want that nigga buried under the jail. Under it. Okay. If he died today. I wouldn't have nothing to say, okay? Um, what happened? Right. Exactly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We going to the Red Lobster later? Yes. Okay. I need them biscuits. That's right. Cheddar Bay. So, I, I, but if if you all decided to mourn him on social, I wouldn't say anything about it. Who y'all mourn? That's your business, right? So, I don't, I don't challenge who people choose to mourn because mm-hmm. death is a big deal. Yes. Okay. So, now that I have said that, I do, however, feel like... There's a difference between somebody who says something wildly homophobic Mm -hmm. and somebody who has enacted violence, like actual physical violence on people based on their homophobia or whatever the fuck their problem is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so when I, as a silent observer, was observing people and their posts about um xx tentacion that was another rapper who was killed was that what was that like a year ago less last year sometime mm-hmm. and pe- there was a, there was a conversation happening about the way that people were mourning his death when he yeah, was to many people a very violent person in his words and in his actions yeah. and abusive like violently abusive to the women around him and all of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. he was very young and maybe he would have grown out of it. Whatever. I didn't hop into that pool of shit to like debate in because when niggas is mourning, let them niggas mourn. Exactly. Just keep my name out your Mm -hmm. mouth, right? Um, But as an observer to this, I do think there is a difference between that type of nigga and a nigga who's like violently like hurting people. Yeah. And... A nigga who is problematic in his words. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to me, for Nipsey to have said wildly homophobic and problematic shit, okay, and not to have enacted physical violence. I'm not saying that those that, that does not lead to physical violence or inspire others to commit violence. And that it's not a, it is a part of the homophobia that kills people, mm-hmm. that gets people murdered. So it's a problem, but I do see, I do see some difference in that. And why I feel even the need to make this comparison or to to talk about it 
is that I feel like, oh, I guess I want to bring it back to the living. Like, I feel like we don't, and I, I fucking hate the debates about cancel culture. Okay. I fucking hate them. Yeah, I can't see me, but I just roll my eyes. Yeah, my heart. Like, I hate Max the debates Sean, about it. I I'm not anti-cancel culture. Mm-hmm. I think there are people who need to be canceled. I think there are people who need to be held accountable. I think that there is a there's an aspect of cancel culture that didn't exist before, it's where people even, are being held accountable for shit that they weren't being held accountable for before. And that's what we mean by cancel. It's accountability. Right. People yes. aren't actually canceled. Yes. There's no fucking boat where we're like making them walk the plank right. and all of that shit. Right. We're just using the word cancel. Exactly. We're exactly. just holding them accountable. Yes. So this is not what I'm about to say is not like we have to end cancel culture, no shit like that. But I do feel like for the living, I feel like we expect everybody to be like to just show up on day one, like quote unquote woke mm-hmm. or to show up on day one with a certain level of consciousness. And if you don't have it on day one or if you wasn't always conscious, then you're a fucking problem. Like there's yeah. no space for niggas to grow Mm -hmm. you know like we talk about people like okay well you're not quote-unquote woke you're garbage you're not quote-unquote conscious you're garbage when like you and i where we sit right now on like transphobia homophobia completely on all whole we are like totally different niggas than we were 10 years ago yes totally we weren't the worst of niggas but like we're the best of niggas hello 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 Hello. Hey. So I just feel like there there should be space for us to like for, for to have a journey and and there was as people who grew up like we are um we are niggas who saw life before the internet and are seeing life after the internet yeah. and shit like that and social media and all that stuff. So there's this thing where like pe- people before us they could like disappear. Like you graduate high school, you disappear and somebody could run into you 20 years later and you be on some whole new shit and they just take for granted. Like, oh, wow, you grew. You changed. Wow. So I ran into so-and-so. They on some new shit now. Or they be on drugs. Or that. <laughs> you know, is, like there's, there's different Absolutely. ways in which yes. people yes. Oh my God, he was like the star of the football team. Now he's like a heroin addict. Yes. Oh, so-and-so was such a nerd. Now look how they blossomed or, or whatever, which mm-hmm. all that's problematic. I just pulled that story from which, like an 80s movie, whatever. That, right? that mine was also. Okay. Which is our point. Kind but yeah. Fucked up too. Again, we apologize. We, we were. Ain't the, we ain't the we best, ain't the of, best niggas. of niggas. <laughs> we ain't the worst of niggas. Exactly. <laughs> but um, right. But now there is no going away and coming back, right? Because your friend from high school, you still friends with that nigga as they go to college, as they you know get you see them get married and have kids. Da, 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 da. Unless you fucking black people, niggas will watch you your development through the internet. So there's yes. no opportunity to go away and learn and come back and like. We're watching each other, and I feel like in this watching and access, this watching of each other and this access that we have to one another, we also need to have a new level of compassion for people and, like, give each other the space to grow. Yeah. Give each other the space to grow. I know people, okay? I know people who were wild anti-black, admit this and say this, and now they're quote-unquote black people. And now they're quote-unquote woke as fuck and will watch a nigga like Cardi B say problematic shit and have no mercy. Yeah. No mercy. None. None. And I'm not talking about, again, critiques are fucking dope, yo. Critique the fuck out of people. But I'm talking about, like, people, no, she's garbage. And y'all cave for her and she's garbage and she's finished. And she's, I'm like, yo, you spent the first 25 years of your life being anti-black as fuck. And you told 
us all this, but this because this person who is the age that you were when you were anti-black black piece of garbage, yeah. because they're not fully informed and in where you are, or you because know. they speak Spanish. <laughs> how how uh-huh. dare a black person speak yeah, Spanish? You know, anyway. Then it's some other shit. Yeah. It's a different kind of problematic. Exactly. It's more problematic. Exactly. Like nah. So it's 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 I really do feel like we should be giving each other a, li- a bit a bit more compassion. And so it just reminded me that of that as I see this black person who was trying. You know what yeah. I'm saying? My thing with that is Oh, sorry. As I see somebody who was trying pass away and and people take the time to be like, "Oh, well, I'm filing my nails cuz he was like homophobic or whatever." Like it's something a little weird about that to me. It's like I feel like you can file your nails like I don't care. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm mostly talking to the people whom the sentence for feeding into homophobic culture. Mm-hmm. It's not the sentence deaf. is not deaf. Yeah. It's not deaf. Yeah. That's not something that we have. You cannot like them. Mm-hmm. You cannot fuck with them. You could cancel them. But the sentence for that is not deaf. Mm-hmm. That's not how we do this. It's not right. how this world works. That's right. that's not what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. So there's mad motherfuckers I don't fuck with mm-hmm. because of their principles not aligning with, with mine. I don't wish deaf on these motherfuckers, though. That's right. something different. Then, I don't know. I... It's just strange to me to see, like if you of if you are of the queer community, I'm not saying when you can say what you want to say. Okay, I want to say that, um, but it as a queer person, as a queer person, and also as knowing that queerness, even within blackness, is 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 marginalized in a very yeah. different way, mm-hmm. um, and it's usually not even acknowledged mm-hmm. in that way. So I don't want to. I don't want to police when you say the things. It's just always and, sorry. And and that the conversation amongst black men about the gay agenda is very specifically anti-black. Yes, because it erases the fact that black people are gay as well. It's that's not a white thing yeah, at all. And it's not. It's not an affliction. Mm-mm. It's not, um, not something taught to us. Yeah. So the gay the gay agenda. Uh, the discussion of the gay agenda amongst black folks, amongst black men in particular, is a very um, it's a very anti-black conversation. I do always find it. It makes me uncomfortable when I let's say you are a queer person that I've known or have known, um, and I never you never mention how this person is a problem when it comes to like being homophobic on how this person mm. is adding to the like not to say that you have to talk about every motherfucker but I've never heard you say anything now this person is dead like they're not even here anymore mm-hmm. and now you're saying the things and it's like did you were you really trying to help the culture yeah or you or know you just want to get in on the conversation just, exactly yeah. and it's just like it just makes me very uncomfortable mm-hmm. to like see it happening when this person is already dead because mm-hmm. That this is not, this is no longer a reciprocal conversation mm. if this person is dead. Right. So, what are you at doing? the hands of murder? Like, we're not even talking about like natural causes. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who was murdered. violently murdered. So, this is not a reciprocal conversation. Yeah. You're not doing this because you, you are in quotations, being an activist or being someone who's pushing the conversation forward or being someone who's making us think in other ways or I don't know. You're not doing that. So it 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 just gets 
it's just it just gets makes me uncomfortable and it gets really murky and it's like what are you really doing Mm -hmm. you know yeah like i feel like if you weren't stating these things when they were alive why are you saying them when they're dead and i feel the same way about people who are you always didn't like queer people and gay people or whatever don't use this person's death this sad time to talk about why this is why you game up this is why people treat you the way you you do because you want to you know you want to be vow or you want to say these horrible things because the person was homophobic you ain't mm-hmm. like gay motherfuckers before that so yeah. don't use this time to Critique further homosexuality. Yeah, yeah you yeah. don't like the motherfuckers before mm-hmm. so this is not the time to reinstate that you don't like these motherfuckers yeah. we knew that already mm-hmm. we saw that from the door we mm-hmm. already knew that mm-hmm. so it's just weird to see how people use this opportunity yeah to like push the conversation in those weird ways mm-hmm. yeah it just makes me uncomfortable yeah um, there was another conversation being had, of course. Conspiracy. Um, what's that music that they play in every um? What are those videos? Them videos that Ashy McNashington. Uh, I don't know who that is. Uh, Tariq and she, those videos that he I does. never watched his videos before. Oh, I forgot the name of it. Anyway, they I play. I never watched a Tariq Nashi they, video. They play weird music under those. But anyway, but they say it would. again. Yes. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yeah. So there's been a conversation also happening about um, whether Nipsey's murder was a conspiracy because he was set to um, produce a documentary on Dr. Sebi, mm-hmm. who, for people who are not unfamiliar with Dr. Sebi, he was what I would, I guess, refer to as like a natural healer, yeah. a holistic um, ass nigga, and a lot of people followed him in his work. I, I have I said that on his resume, holistic ass nigga. Oh, I believe that. <laughs> I have I have several like documents saved on my computer of lists of like shit he said to eat and not eat or whatever. Um, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, where, where she died in, where was Honduras. She in, in Honduras, yes. They were like on a retreat. She was out there. Was she with Dr. Sebi out there or just at one of his? But anyway, their diet, like the diet that she was on out there was, um, she was on like a natural, like holistic retreat that was influenced by like Dr. Sebi's mm-hmm. um, nutrition plan or whatever the fuck. Like he's, his work is popular amongst black folks. Mm-hmm. So he died last year i think i think last year he passed away i'm not sure how but many people feel that dr sebi was was murdered Mm -hmm. um because he had cures to things that the medical industry is supposedly selling us stuff on so nipsey hustle was set to um, produce a documentary on dr sebi so there are people who are saying that he was um murdered because of that that's been like a huge thing happening Mm -hmm. there's also the conversation of he was set to meet with the lapd rock nation the lapd along with rock nation to discuss combating gun violence so that was gang violence excuse me so that was coming up um like within the next week or so Mm -hmm. before he was murdered um so there are a lot of theories happening online about why he was killed and people thinking that it's not as simple as just you know somebody murdering him because of a personal vendetta or whatever yeah. what are your thoughts my thoughts generally on conspiracies is that i thought they were secrets yeah like i thought it's like i had to actually look up the word to make sure you i understood the i was word. like do i not know what a conspiracy is because white supremacy that's not a conspiracy 
That's not a secret. It's not a secret. We all know what the jig is up. We all know what that shit is. It's not a conspiracy. We all know that that shit happens. We all know why it happens. Yeah. So it's not a conspiracy. Killing somebody because you don't like the good works that they're doing, that's not... That's not a conspiracy. And white supremacy has killed us for way less than way the work that this man less. has done. Way Niggas die every day less. via white supremacy. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter activists are being killed, are being murdered left yes. and right. Left and Niggas right. don't know where it's coming from. All you have to do, I'm talking in the past, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of Emmett Till, all you have to do is lie and say that a black boy whistled at you and you are dead. And that's it. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is be a black person and the cops can kill you in this country, period. They are the arm of the state. They are the arm of white supremacy. All you have to do is get arrested for a traffic stop like Sandra Bland, Mm -hmm. dead. Be a kid and play Play with with a toy toy gun gun in the park. You will be assassinated on sight. There's no chance. There's no second chances. So people have been murdered for less than way way less less than what um nipsey hustle was working on so i don't really get the conspiracy thing either what do you think do you think anything specifically about the dr sebi stuff the the dr sebi stuff i don't know a lot about dr sebi to be honest with you Mm -hmm. i didn't hear about him until he died Mm -hmm. and i think it's because of me being a nation of islam and there's a lot of um there's a lot of restrictions on what we eat based on like stuff like that. So yeah. usually when I learn of these other people, it sounds like stuff that I heard in the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I know where they got that shit from. Yeah. So I don't. Right, right, I'm right. not receptive to that mm-hmm. shit. So I don't know of him. But I do know that the documentary was supposed to be, it's not like a documentary of his life. It was a mm-hmm. documentary of a trial that happened. Um, Dr. Sebi was charged with um facilitating as a doctor but not actually having a license as a doctor Mm. um and they feel that that charge was brought on him based on him saying he had the cure for AIDS okay so it was like it's like a very specific documentary Mm -hmm. not like a documentary of his whole life and all the things he cured and here's all this information and here's Mm -hmm. all this it's not that I for me it just doesn't seem like it seemed like the direction that that documentary was going Mm -hmm. Like there was no like secrets yeah. in there or right, like, right. like hidden people, information. Yeah, like nothing was. If being it's about exposed. the trial, there's actually mm-hmm. court documents of the trial. You know, like yeah. I don't. You know, it just didn't seem. It doesn't seem like anything that's hugely secretive or something that's like hidden, hidden mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And then we live in an age where everything, lots of things that you can, we have the access to find things on our own even mm-hmm. outside of the doc outside of a documentary um he was still around while the internet was on and pump pumping so mm-hmm. there's this stuff yeah out, out there. there it's not like something that happened in the 40s mm-hmm. and now you have to uncover stuff in a different way in ways of which we don't have access yeah. to you know so mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. I feel like everyone has access right. to whatever so, information is yeah. in that Yeah, so that's been an interesting theory online. But something else that I think is even perhaps more obvious, if, nigger, if, if people would actually recognize that white supremacist patriarchal capitalism is not a conspiracy and it's not a conspiracy theory, it is real live actual shit happening in broad daylight, happening in real time, and new shit about it gets uncovered every, every day. day. Like, we know that it's happening, but... 
did people like we we didn't have perhaps the hard evidence to know that black folks are being charged higher premiums for fucking home loans and shit like that than white folks like now we have the hard evidence but we knew that this shit was happening we knew we know the man is out to get us we know that anything short of being dead or locked up the man is gonna fuck with us period we know that shit so something that i thought was even more obvious and interesting um back in february forbes had just done a write-up on him on um nipsey hustle as mm-hmm. like an upcoming real estate mogul and, and what he's doing to get that and like him buying and owning the whole block like that he used to sell drugs yeah on. like you know what i'm saying like taking over spaces that are being gentrified yeah. opening businesses cooperative e- economics hiring black folks hiring people from the neighborhood within the communities with businesses that are reflected of mm-hmm. us and our culture yes. and and I think about also the difference between him and like quote unquote rap moguls who came before him is that he talks about community building along the way the whole time, time the yes. whole time he they was, didn't like do all of this stuff and then come to the realization twenty years yes. later in their career and was like oh the community cooperative economics yes, yes. even when Barclays opened and and we were supposed to believe that it was Jay's all Jay Z's project or like whatever point zero, yeah zero sure one. and he was still involved he was participating in this large gentrification plan yeah he was participating in that this was not something that was for the growth of the community no. that he was familiar with mm-hmm. and those people nope. you know what i'm saying nipsey went back to his community and his goal was to do things for his community and to set the groundwork for what other people like him could do and to bring bring them into it he talked about um he talked about there was a, a genius video that i saw and he was talking about not being he was talking about a restaurant in his community where the owner the, of that restaurant, restaurant didn't want them, them to, sit down. to sit down. And we've talked yeah. about this on the podcast mm-hmm. before places in Harlem and places in our communities where we're there supposed to be um, buying from their business or like a Starbucks in Harlem where you, you can't, can't use the bathroom. Down. You can't sit. You can't you use can't the bathroom. The one right on 125th and mm-hmm. Lennox. You cannot sit. It's yeah. not sit down. Yeah. Any other Starbucks throughout the country or even blocks away in other parts of and Manhattan. And literally used to be a sit down because I remember when they yeah. first opened that Starbucks. You could sit down, you could play chess because yeah. that was something that we People did in Harlem. Yeah. The old folks, they mm-hmm. could go and play chess or whatever. Starbucks across the country, they're doing knitting clubs. It's a place they want you to come and sit down. But when you get to a black community, it's like, nah, fuck mm. that. Y'all can't use the bathroom. Yep. Y'all can't sit and relax and enjoy because wherever we go, whatever we spend our money on we're considered to be a problem so get your shit and go and the way in which we commune is a problem yes the way we do that is a problem every any kind of way we commune is vagrant it's it's just not something Mm -hmm. you want around because it's trouble and we're literally just sitting around playing chess exactly exactly so he talked about a restaurant in his community where the store owners, they had taken out the seats and yep. all that stuff because they didn't want you to sit down to take your stuff and go. And how he bought that space and, and now, now that restaurant pays tenant. them rent. Yeah. Right. They're his tenants. Yeah. So like just the mentality of and, and how disgusted he was by that business practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he has been speaking out about stuff like this for a long time. And to me, the fact that we don't recognize that shit as being an obvious motivation to have somebody like, murdered is yeah. dangerous. We all need to be talking about this shit. We all need to Yes. There are things there are things on are this podcast sh- that I'm afraid to say because we know niggas are getting murdered. Yes. People are being murdered for being present, for showing up, for being visible yep. in resistance. It is dangerous. Yes. It ain't safe out here. You we know have, what I'm saying? We have concrete 
actual yeah. concrete things that would put this man's life in jeopardy right. that we could point the fingers at. Mm -hmm. And for me, the Dr. Sebi stuff, like I said, I don't know anything about right. it. it. It doesn't seem like anything solid mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. for you to be like, this person has to die. Yeah, yeah. A documentary but about a trial. Let's 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 pretend. Let's pretend that that's a real thing. Also, though, there is mad other reasons to have this black man killed. They kept. They will kill us for less. For less. For less. The man will have you shot dead. Okay, because you are doing anything outside of already being dead or being locked up and working, doing free labor within the criminal justice yeah. system. Mm -hmm. Okay, under mass incarceration, under the new slave trade. So. Black folks are murdered for less and white supremacist patriarchal capitalism is not a secret and thus it is not a conspiracy. That is shit is out in the open and that's what it is. We don't need to whisper behind closed and doors. Like, we don't need to watch Hidden Colors. I just fucking remembered what it was called. If you recognize, oh, okay. if you, if you recognize that white supremacist patriarchal capitalism is a real tangible thing that hurts and kills people every day. Again, Black Lives Matter activists are being murdered. Okay, and that's that's if we count. We we know that there are those who have been um, said to have committed mm. suicide. There are also those who have actually been murdered. Been murdered, and, and it's that but oh, it's a neighborhood my, that's thing. That's my issue just shot. with conspiracies and conspiracy theories, especially among Black folks. It's like, do we not believe in our trauma? enough to know that this is real like it right. has to be like a, a hidden mm. it's not this shit is real yes. it's real it's tangible we see it we don't need white statistics we mm. don't need white facts we don't need white people telling us that oh well in this day we're doing redlining mm -hmm. we know that mm -hmm. black people when, when redlining and other stuff they knew what was happening mm -hmm. that is enough that's not a conspiracy like i i don't get why it has to be some hidden thing it's not hidden yeah. it's fucking real it's out in the open mm -hmm. like how do we not believe in our fucking trauma tragedy enslavement enough to fucking just let it be this out and open and real like yeah. i don't it's, understand that it's, it's niggas still waiting for white people to admit that it's happening so that's the, the conspiracy. Maybe it's a conspiracy to quote unquote nice white folks who want to act like they don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we don't, we know that we don't need for them to co-sign our pain. We don't. They are complicit and in that shit. And, they will not admit that they're doing it. And that's what conspiracy, that's why I can't fuck with that yeah. shit. Cause that's what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. For white people to co-sign your pain. For mm -hmm. them to be like, yeah, yo, we do, we do that. They don't, whether they know it or not, it doesn't matter yeah. to them because right. they are white and they have the privilege. Like, mm -hmm. why do I need you to co-sign my pain for it to be fucking real. Mm -hmm. I don't need that shit. And yeah. that's why I, I really, to the, the the top of my head, to the bottom of my feet, can't fuck with conspiracy theorists, cons conspiracy theories within blackness, within the black community, within you talking about our fucking um, oppression. Yeah. No, it's no conspiracy. That shit is fucking real. And I want to open. All right. Well, we just wanted to touch on that shit a little bit because um, it was on our head and our hearts. Thank you for listening to that. We're going to get into the live show and South by Southwest. So we kind of mentioned this a little bit before that we, there was a question that came up um, about Latinx participation at South by Southwest yes. and how we build coalition and shit. And we talked about how there was a little bit of, um, uh, I would say black erasure. So we didn't, we did not discuss, we discussed this here on the podcast, but yeah. we didn't discuss it in that moment when the person asked um, the question. Mm -hmm. um, Stephanie, who was there at the time, she 
talked about it on her podcast. Mm -hmm. So we're going to leave a link to that episode of Bag Ladies podcast in the show notes where she talks about um, Black Latinx erasure and her feelings about it and about um, that question. So you'll hear that question towards the end of the live episode. So please check that out. And um, also coming up next week, we are going to, we're not sure if you've watched this already on Hulu, but we are going to review the series Shrill. Yeah. And that is a show, would you call it a comedy? A drama? A dramedy? A dramedy. Yeah. That's a dramedy. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, maybe almost 30 minutes, like a 30 minute Mm -hmm. show. 30 minute Um, show, six episodes. mm -hmm. Comes on Hulu. It features one of the women from... Saturday Night Live, like a Saturday Night Live alum. Um, I don't know who people are. Okay. But it's centered around her experience as a plus size woman. So. Oh, yeah. She was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I found it interesting. I found it problematic, but I did find it to be worth the watch. And so we are going to review it all in one episode next week. So yeah. if you want to catch up on that, you can. If you don't catch up on it, we will still have a conversation that you can enjoy, that yes. you will enjoy, mm-hmm. whether you watched it or not. Right. You just have to decide whether or not you're cool with spoilers. So we're just giving you a heads up now. Watch Shrill on Hulu if you want to watch it, or you can just listen to it and we're going to spoil the whole fucking thing. It's our first review of the year. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I'm excited. We're going to have a guest um, so that we can all talk about it together. Yeah. So it's going to be a good time. All right. Amazing. Well, get into this live show. Thank you all for everything. Episode motherfucking 200. 200 more to come. The brand is increasing in strength. We're fucking podcasters, okay? It's a podcast. All right. Libations to the podcast king, Combat Jack. Um, rest in power, as always. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money! <laughs> Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like... Giving black women year. your money. Yes, so, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay, so, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh, yes. Yes. We do this dope-ass Women is Race Nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. Every week. Sometimes twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamsQueenandJay.com. Hit that donate tab. And mm-hmm. we have two options there. So two. Can, two. You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again <laughs> all the time yes we're at south by Hi. southwest hey. what's up <laughs> hey 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 hey
<laughs> I'm so excited about this. This is fucking dope. We can curse. I meant to ask that beforehand. We okay. I'm about to say you, you already did, bitch. I know, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> but I have a bunch of curses in my notes. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> that they were appropriate. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing, Jay? I'm good. Y'all okay? Y'all how you good? How y'all we doing? are good. How y'all doing? Sisters, how y'all feeling? <laughs> y'all... Brothers, Brothers, y'all all right? right. <laughs> Everybody else good? Okay. Also, keep in mind that we're artists and we're sensitive about our shit. That's correct. Okay. That is correct. correct. Um, so, welcome to Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. We, we are, are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen, Queen and Jay. Ew. Right. Yes to the yes. communal. Ah, I feel cleansed. <laughs> I feel clean. I'm telling you, that hour is a call to action. It is. It's so important. It's so important. Um, so if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this podcast, if you're in the um, audience and you want to tweet about this podcast, please use our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ. Okay? We love when you that's use it. So please use that. And all our social is on the bottom there. So you remember. So dope, dope, dope. So we're here at South By. This is our second year at South By Southwest. We are like super fucking excited if I didn't already state that. And we decided to bring our homegirls because we wanted to have a black ass good time. Um, so Diamond, what's up? Thank you for hey, coming. Hey, what's up? And Stephanie, what's good? Thank hey. you for coming. Um, so I'm going to do Diamond's intro. Diamond is one of the premier voices of the millennial black trans community. She is the host of Marsha's Plate, a podcast that centers trans, inclusive, pro-black feminism and pop culture. She started her activism at 17 when she won a First Amendment right case against Indianapolis public school system, a victory that allowed her to go to the prom in a gender-affirming gown instead of a tuxedo. At 20, she was the first openly trans woman to attend the legendary HBCU Jackson State University. Nowadays, she is continuing her work um, as board member of the Black Trans Activist Advocacy Conference and the Spiritually Centered Trans Faith Inc. Diamond. That's a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was going to shorten it last night and then I was like, oh, this shit is important. <laughs> well, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for coming, yo. We're so blessed that this <laughs> yes. worked in your schedule. So I'm, I'm I got excited. My, my co host in the back. Hi, co host. <laughs> What's up, here? Turn up, turn up. So I'm going to introduce Stephanie. So Stephanie is a native New Yorker, storytelling podcaster, and artist. We're not writing her comic book. She's one of she's one half of the Bag Ladies podcast. Two Bronx Dominicans, Afro Latinas, just trying to be better and make you better too. They discuss weekly news, baggage to overcome things they enjoy, and so much more. Stephanie's goal is to use artwork and stories to bring light to issues and injustice in the world. She has been featured in several zines, panels, and is currently working on a horror story podcast. Thank you. She's a bad bitch. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. She told us last night that um, the podcast scares her, that she's been having trouble working on it because she's scaring herself. Not because she's afraid of failure, but like she's genuinely fearful. I'm really afraid. Because it's a horror podcast. So I thought that that was pretty funny. What's up, Stephanie? Hi. Stephanie's from the Bronx like us, so we're super excited. Texas, is anybody here from the Bronx? Okay. I didn't think so, but you know, I wanted to like, case. you know, get matching tattoos and stuff if we were. <laughs> so, it's okay that you're not. 
Uh, do you want to tell the people what libations are, Queen? Yeah, so libations is where we pour some for the homies, for the ancestors, um, and to the people, places, and things that give us black as joy. So this is the segment where we pour libations. Yeah. So Jay, what are your libations? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think this. I'm excited okay. about this shit. I'm mm-hmm. excited. Last time we were at South by Southwest and our experience was um, <laughs> I, I we had an amazing time here on the podcast stage, but outside of the safety that we created, it was a little bit uh, white in a toxic way, and it's not about... There's another... They were bombing last year. And that, right. <laughs> they, they were right. The bombings were happening, and, and that, that has like rarely been discussed since that happened, but it was... Um, it felt like like outside of the safe space we created, it felt like we were suffocating. People were trying to touch our hair. Oh it was a lot of weird stuff happening. Um, anyway, yes. this is a libation yes. and a celebration. I was like, well, this Sorry. is the black Sorry. joy part. My bad. I'm Why do you mention whiteness here? I know, my bad. I'm excited <laughs> about being in this safe space again. I'm excited about... Um, our Black Baddie Brigade. I'm excited about all of you. So that's my libation. All right. So my libation to jump up for that is our Black Baddie Brigade. Black Baddie Brigade. So that is a collective of podcasts. Um, Tea with Queen and Jay, uh, Marsha's Plate, Bag Ladies, and In a Whole Uprising, and Queer Walk Pod, who was here last year. Um, we have, we met through podcasting. We didn't know each other before, but we have created such a safe space for ourselves and such We've learned so much from each other about podcasting. Like, I have no media, nothing background, but I've learned so much from you bitches. So mm-hmm. I wanted to pull libations to us in the community that we've built. And um, we taking over one so, city at a time. Why the tape? Why the time? <laughs> All right. Um, so do y'all have any libations? Um, yes. I want to uh, kind of, what been giving me like black joy has to be the new show Boomerang. Mm. I'm on BET. I think BET is stepping into a good direction with his like content. Um, I really enjoy just like the, like the diversity of bodies on that show. So I'll be watching it and I'll be like, oh my God, ah, so crazy. Break up with him. Ah. So, um, yeah, that's been giving me black joy lately. Um, the fact that Stacey Abrams said that 2020 presidential election could be on the table is oh, giving me cool. black joy that's right cool. now. I love her just seeing her be amazing and show the black girl magic on the national stage, even for her response to the State of the Union address. It just was so amazing. And she just been giving mm-hmm. me my life. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to add Solange's visual album mm. to this uh, yeah. libation experience. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's black. It's freeing. So mm-hmm. it's black cowboys. It's yeah. just like I'm from the Bronx. Okay. Yeah, we've never we've never. <laughs> I, see I mean, black, I know they I exist. I see black cowboys once a year when there's the African American Day Parade, and, right. Right. <laughs> and that's it. Right. So it was like, oh my god, are they on a horse? Like yeah. it made me, it made me so excited. <laughs> it was so exciting for me. And our podcast is Houston based, so. We feel it. (laughs) (laughs) No, we love that. All right, so let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, I feel ready now. Yeah, now I feel ready. ready. 
Activated. Um, that's right. What kind of tea are you drinking? I am drinking peppermint tea. What kind of tea are you drinking? I think I'm drinking jasmine green. Yes. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of tea are you drinking? Peppermint as well. Talking to the mic, girl. Peppermint as well. It's delicious. Oh, <laughs> oh wonderful. <laughs> and I'm drinking some chai. Fantastic. Okay. Queen, oh. what are your pronouns? She and her. Jay, what are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. Stephanie, what are your pronouns? She, hers, they, them. Diamond. She, her. Ow. And Jay, what are you yes. affirming for yourself today? Um, I affirm that we're going to have a dope show and that it's going to be more awesome energy at South by Southwest and that this is going to be better than last year. Got it. And more shit going forward. Got it. Mm-hmm. What do you affirm? I'm affirming that, as always, that I'm a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I'm enough. And I affirm that I will get to the end of this week in Austin with not a white motherfucker trying to touch my hair. Oh, That's a tall order. That's... That- I gotta speak it into existence. You do. No one's I was touch afraid to affirm that. I'm gonna affirm it. Okay. Okay. I'm All y'all might hear about that. me on the late night news. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm gonna add. I'm a, me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> do you guys? Do any of you have affirmations? Yes. Just continuing this kind of community vibe that I'm feeling. It just. I love that. It's giving me just so much black joy and affirming who I am and that. Being being about community is the way to go, mm. and this this is affirming that. So I love it. Yes, yeah. so Stephanie, and I want to affirm like being in a safe space, yes. like mm-hmm. in this space, and continuing that work, and just it's kind of same thing being in community with y'all because it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, it's fun. Dope, it dope, fun. dope. So Queen, you just came from um, an amazing panel on. Uh, it was called Where Are the Black Sense? Yes. And you all were talking about the erasure of black voices in podcasting, like yeah. the sound of our voices. Mm-hmm. You yes. know what I mean? Yep. Because we know that there are black folks in radio and podcasting, but a lot of times our voices have to sound a certain way in order to be accepted that, in mainstream Yeah, that mid-Atlantic media. broadcast voice that they force <laughs> only y'all to do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they do. They force them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so we were just talking about the erasure of black voice and how we're kind of like forced to sound like Mm -hmm. that other way. Yeah. Yeah. So off the heels of that, we were thinking about, Diamond actually brought this up, um, about how our, the sounds of our voices are erased in media and within that sound, by default, you're erasing a part of our stories, right? Because I sound this way because I'm from the Bronx. Both of my parents have deep voices. There's a story in the sound of my voice. There's a story in our clicks and yeah. all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and a part of those stories, it made us think about all the other black women throughout history whose stories have been erased or who when, um, for example, Tarana Burke and the Me Too movement and how that was initially co-opted by white women and the story of who founded this movement was erased. Yeah. Um, Diamond, you have some things that you wanted to say. About um, a, a story like um, Claudette Corvin. Like when we talk about... Um, when we talk about the civil rights movement and the bus boycotts of Montgomery, we always think about Rosa Parks, right? So, but we don't know that there was a 15-year-old pregnant girl who did the same exact thing before her, but because she was pregnant at 15, she wasn't the respectable view for us to spark okay. off the movement. Don't leave out dark skin. She was and dark skin as well, absolutely. Whereas Rosa Parks was light skin, more in organizing, mm-hmm. more respectable, and so her. Claudette's story was kind of erased and it wasn't until later on that we start amplifying her name and get to learn about it. So I was thinking, I wanted to talk about like 
this is a movement that's happening with podcasting and just new medium with social media and all of this, using it as a tool to advance movements from the Me Too, from the Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. Because we are on ground zero of doing it, I wanted to know, is there anything that we can do to avoid our particular work in this space from getting erased? Mm-hmm. Like, is it something? is it something that we can control? Or we kind of just got to wait and see. I think it's a little bit of both. I feel like it is, um, I think it's a little bit of wait and see. I think the the pattern has been to erase us, right? That's where the easiest people to erase. Furthermore, if you are a trans person, if you're a queer person, if you are disabled. Um, and so I feel like the leaning is for that to happen. But I think what's different now is... When things like that happen, when people forget that Black Lives Matter, the organization was founded by three queer black women, mm-hmm. there are people like us to say, oh, no, 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 y'all, y'all forgot about them. You know what I mean? You all are not mentioning, you're erasing them. So I think now in the age of social media, um, we have been able to leverage our voices in that way to speak up for one another. And so I think it's still going to happen, but they will have to answer to us in ways that they haven't had to answer to us before. I think it's always going to happen because we just don't value black women, period. So why are you going to value this? Sto- why, why, why are you going to value our stories? So even when we find ways to, like Jay said, to use social media to tell our stories, to spread the word and let the world know, people start saying stuff like Twitter is whack now or that that social media platform is the past and we mm-hmm. moved on to something else when we actually what have we moved on to? What is what else is Twittering? You know? Right. Um so we when black people, black women specific, specifically find ways to mobilize and use these tools that weren't created by us but we're making them work for us, people devalue those things. Mm-hmm. Um so we, we're always going to tell our story, but there's always going to be people, because of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, trying to erase those pieces because we do not value black women. Mm-hmm. And then when we think of the black women that we know of and the stories that we know about them, even pieces of those stories are taken away. So if you think about Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman is a black woman. We all know her story. We all know she, she freed slaves, underground railroad. Yes. But it's a race that this person was a disabled person also. You know, this is a person who was doing these things while also being disabled. Or if you think about like Sojourner Truth, who was a um, black and slave person who was actually from the north, who was actually her first language was Dutch, who later learned English. But then what? you hear about the yeah. But then you hear about the ain't on a woman speech, which was concocted by a white woman. They make sure that she sounds like she has southern dialect right. within that speech because it fit the narrative for them. So we have to think about also the stories we do know. What is true in those stories, and what mm-hmm. has been concocted by white supremacist patriarchal, patriarchal capitalism, because they still want our stories to appease them. You know. So like, even with that, even when you know about us it's still not correct or the mm-hmm. real story or it's, it's twisted in ways that appeases white people and makes them feel better about, you know, their fuck shit. Yeah. So. Or, or capitalism too, because remember when they did the movie about Stonewall and they made yep. the main character yep. a white male gay person right. when we, if we all know that black queer trans women is yes. the one who got it kicked off. Marsha right. P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, mm-hmm. they they are the people who got it popped off. And so just totally erasing them thinking that black trans folks can't come in and sell a movie when we can just have it a main white male because, oh my mm-hmm. God, that'll be more relatable and that make us more money. Capitalism has a place a part in it too. I think it's, I think it's also, if you think about how... 
labor is distributed. So like the things that black women do, we're just supposed to do. It's not considered labor. It's not considered work. It's not considered anything that is even valued. We're the mules. Yeah, we're the the mules. So like when we do do these things, so you you, um, pop off at Stonewall and make this shit happen and you make this pride shit you birth this pride shit, but it's like that's just what black women do. We they just turn up. That's just as people don't even think about that as actual work and revolution mm-hmm. starting things because it's a black woman who did it. So like that's another piece that has to be acknowledged and changed. Because even when black women address kind of the labor we do, a lot of times because we live in a world that doesn't value our work, we don't value our work either. So we don't say put my name on a bill, or we don't say. I started this Black Lives Matter movement because we're just thinking about the community that we're trying to save and we're not thinking about the accolades and all of this other stuff that comes with being a revolutionary because we're just supposed to do this shit, you know? So that's another piece that I yeah. think people don't kind of um, address. Like, mm-hmm. black women value your work and make people know that this shit is yours. Like, it's okay to have... It's not ego, but it's okay to be like, I did this shit. Right. This is mine, you know? So that's yep. another piece. And I think it's okay to kind of like have a little bit of ego in that aspect to be like, yes, I did all of this. These are my parts of this project I made. Like, this is what I did. This is the script. And don't be afraid to share that because like they be quick to be like, oh, yeah, no, she was part of it. No, I wrote the whole thing and yeah. I didn't get paid yeah. for it. Yeah. I know. Yes. Humble, you know? Hum- like that whole be humble model is detrimental. That's not for black women. To, don't, yeah. don't ever be a humble black woman. Be as loud and proud yeah. and ego driven as mm-hmm. you can be because they will erase you. They will erase you. And, and it, say you liked it. And say you liked right. it. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Well, shit. <laughs> Y'all are so amazing. Um, let's get into a moment in black hair. Let's do that. Okay, so that was the soul. That was the soul glow. Don't song. let them erase your um, music either. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't let them do that. Um, so, moment in black hair. We do moments in black hair because, unfortunately, black hair is still politicized. And while hair should just be about whatever expression you want to have, or however it grows out of your head, and just like doing you and being yourself, black hair is routinely politicized. We're routinely told not to wear our hair certain ways. We're routinely viewed as if you wear it this way, it means you're this kind of person or you're doing this kind of thing. Um, And so we make sure that we highlight moments in black hair. Sometimes they're fun and dope, and sometimes they're painful. So um, we got a letter from somebody. And I'm going to read it. All right. So this letter starts off. Hey, Queen and Jay. Uh, and if y'all want to send us T-mail, you can. You can hit us up at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. Okay? All right. So, hey, Queen and Jay. So I'm currently in training at a financial firm. And over the past six months, I've worked very closely with my mentors. And at this point, I feel like they're family. My hair was purple when I first started, and I will admit it wasn't the most professional hair color, and they constantly reminded me of that. Eventually, I put my ego to the side and put box braids in my hair to hide the color. When it was time for a new style, I told them I decided to dye my hair brown, thinking that that would end the discussion of unprofessional hair. But one of my mentors, who is a dark-skinned Nigerian-American man with tighter coils than me, made a face. I asked him, what was that about? And he said, I thought we talked about your Afro. So I said, we talked about it being purple, not about me being natural. 
I thought the only issue was my hair color, not my hair's existence. He turns to the only other black woman in the room and asks, is having an Afro professional? And she says, no. I was so shocked because I would have definitely defended her in the same situation. My mentor goes on to say, you have to look the part because people are going to judge you for being black off rip, which is true, but I feel like if someone is going to judge me about my skin color, does hair really matter? Then they talk about how there aren't any successful people in my company who wear natural hair, but does that mean I can't? To make matters even worse, he goes on to say he wouldn't trust someone who looks like they're going to an art gallery with his money. Meaning, because I'm natural, my max potential is someone who goes to art galleries. Because my hair is natural, no one is ever going to take me seriously. I can't be natural and professional. Like, what the fuck? After that, my feelings were hurt. I left the office and literally cried. That part, the part that hurt the most was the fact that I got mad close with these people and to be violated like that by other black people with no support really got to me. I might expect this shit from white people, but to hear it from black people in such a violent way really triggered me. They've helped me so much in the past six months, so I don't want to completely say fuck them, but I don't really know what to do. Please let me know your thoughts on this and if you have any suggestions as to what next steps should be. Thank you. Yikes. Whoa. Okay. So first I want to say sorry that that was your experience. Yeah. Because that's fucked up. Second, I want to say do you have brothers because they could come and like fuck up this guy (laughs) (laughs) for you. You know. Um, (laughs) That's always my resort. I'm going to get my cousins. But... uh, (laughs) (laughs) um wow okay so first it's a reflection of the company that they don't have any successful people with natural hair that's not a reflection of you that's their faultiness that's their shit and that is something they should own and not you um so i think that's like i wanted to start there Mm -hmm. like they don't have a successful person with natural hair because they're falling short and they're not doing what they have to do to include different looks of people right. in that space and they have issues with what professionalism looks like. So give that to them. That's their shit. Mm-hmm. That's not your shit at all. Mm-hmm. Like at all. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um also I think that when she talks about like putting her ego aside, um and kind of that she admits it was unprofessional, it feels a little bit like like, you don't have to give in to whatever their ideas on professionalism are. I think it's okay to say, okay, well, you know, the people at my job were uncomfortable with this, but I think for you also to claim, yes, this is unprofessional, or I have to put my ego aside, and, like, you're shrinking yourself a little bit. And I think that we all, um, a lot of us make changes at work to accommodate whatever the office culture is. And that's not always bad. It's not always a violent thing. But I think that we should not let our, like to a Queen's point, we shouldn't let the office culture dictate what our personal ideas on professionalism and culture are. Um, So I think that that's a good place to start as well. Did y'all have anything? I just, it's it's so hard. Like, you know, recently in New York City, you know, they passed a law that women can wear whatever hair that they want. People um, Mm -hmm. can wear whatever like hair they want to. But it's so difficult when, like, people are telling you, like, the way that your hair grows out the scalp is unprofessional. It's just like, this is how I got here. Like, yeah. I didn't select when I was in the womb. Like, I didn't do that. <laughs> like, it's just the way it came out my body, whatever. So, like, to, to, to say that something is so natural and so, you know, you, 
And like this idea of like color and like the way it's like, yo, let people rock their hair. Like, what does that have to do with the work? So it's right. so frustrating, you know, that uh, this person, you know, went home and like cried about it. It's like, damn, like your job, you check in, you check out, you move your career. But like, it's it's so unfortunate, you know, that this person had to like deal with like so much pain from mm-hmm. work, yeah. from capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it reminds me of how I always say like black folks are queer just by nature because mm-hmm. we, we are always... Um, mm-hmm getting our body policed to be able to get access to something, right? So for me, as a person, as a trans person, I'm always getting my body policed (laughs) in a way that kind of, you either got to be this respectable person in order for us to accept or even give you rights to the bathroom. (laughs) So I feel like you have to be a person who... um, is ready for that battle and is this battle worth it? It's a battle that you that you can choose to, you can you can compromise or you cannot compromise, but if it's if is it worth it for you to go head to head, head to toe with these people or can you just say no, I'm not going to even play with them, I'm going to go to another company. And that's mm-hmm. not always an option, right. but weigh your option, is this battle worth it or is it not worth it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's for me, that's the problem. We shouldn't have to have to make that choice mm-hmm. in our career at all. Right. I, so. I I also want to say to her that I say this all the time. All your skin folk ain't your kin folk. Like, mm-hmm. not all black people are for black people and for the liberation of black people. Like, so there's that. But then I also think she should, yeah, they're her mentors, but it's not like the HR manager pulled her in the office to talk about her hair. Right. This is just their careless opinion um, based on whatever they were taught. So they think that maybe they got as far as they were because, I don't know, they got relaxers and, and Caesars or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. But... <laughs> They're not the authority in the space. So basically, it's like, oh, whatever. Like, you should kind of just whatever that information. And it hasn't even got to a point where someone who, your your supervisor or... It, it hasn't become a thing actually mm-hmm. at work yet. This is their personal opinion that they're sharing with you. Um, and it could probably not even be a thing, right. you know, but they're making it a thing because they are still in that respectable space and because they think they got to wherever they are by altering their hair or doing whatever with their hair or whatever standards of professionalism that they think they need to uphold. And, and a lot of times in these spaces when people are talking about upholding to professionalism, like I've been in meetings with white men with like wrinkled ass shirts on and mm-hmm. like fucking yep. like Greasy man like you, you have stuff in your teeth man like you know like and they're you know? not even worried about it yeah mm-hmm. and they're like just fine and it's Boy, like just John <laughs> you know he works so hard he's just so busy he yeah. doesn't have time to bro- we admire it give that man a raise <laughs> exactly so it was like what is the standard of professionalism either yeah. like I've worked places where like um why I'm I'm always gonna pick on white men because why the fuck not? But like, <laughs> like sir, your shoes are not even black anymore. They're like ashy, like not even like, right. and your your suit is wrinkled. <laughs> That's not professional either. Mm. But because you're this white man sitting in the space, I have to just take that as what it is. And like, right. no, you know. So it's like I think that for black people, for anyone who is in a marginalized group, what is what is professionalism to yeah. you? Mm-hmm. And then go by that standard. It shouldn't be from whatever whiteness says the professionalism standard is because they don't even do that shit. And I think what's even a little bit more hurtful about this is that um, this sounds like somebody who was younger looking to older black folks in the workspace to offer some guidance. And unfortunately, as people of color, we have been so hurt um, 
like these older black folks, they didn't even realize that they were speaking through hurt and passing this hurt oh, on down so, to this younger person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so they, these people in particular have not experienced the freedom that she's trying to access mm-hmm. by expressing herself with her hair. And so something that I have learned in the workplace is unless, even my black coworkers, unless they have shown to me that like we're on the same wavelength with certain things and I feel safe discussing, like, and even for black folks, because hair should not be a big deal, we forget how traumatizing and how sensitive of an issue it is for everyone else and thus for us. You know what I'm saying? So you might just say, oh, I'm going to get raised or I'm going to do this, not expecting someone to have such a violent reaction. But we really have to be sure to um, take care of ourselves and be careful. And so I would not, I wouldn't, when at work, I don't tell anyone what my hair shift is going to be. I show up and people, you know, somebody asked me over the weekend, I got braids over the weekend. I had like a little tiny afro. Oh, I, I remember this. My hair grew this. over the weekend. <laughs> and so I just ignored them. But I don't, I just act like it's normal and because to us it is. And so I just act like nothing has happened. And so I would recommend when it comes to hair shifts, maybe ask your homegirls who you know you're already safe with, ask other professional people in your safety circle outside of work, um, and then take it from there. But I don't consult anybody at work about what my hair choice is going to be. Think about That sounds so ridiculous even to say out loud because no one else has to do that but black women or black people. Anyway, is there, I think with older older people, not all the time, but a lot of times, there's a lack of cultural competency as well. Mm-hmm. Like there is a whole movement happening as we right. speak of getting black hair acceptable right. in, in professional worlds. There are successful. We were talking about it last night. Yeah, Stacey Abrams with her hair Abrams natural. Um, Deborah Deborah Lee, the what's that the the head of BET, yeah. her hair is natural. There's lots of black women in mm-hmm. these spaces that have natural. Like, has anyone's natural hair ever attacked someone in a board meeting? Like, no. Like, no. what the fuck? No, the unless they put their hand in it, which like, they're, what the right. they're wanting to do. You know, like, no, but here? we. That's, that's my point. Right. Our hair, our hair doesn't attack you. Your right. hands attack our hair. Right. Like, mm-hmm. y'all, y- y'all are the violent ones when it comes mm-hmm. to the hair. So it's like, Absolutely. what? And our what existence is, the is distracting. Yeah, so like what is the issue? Anything that falls out of the norm of what has been acceptable in terms of white beauty is a distraction to right. other people. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. I wanted to say their names because um, we have other black women here who have uh, been successful with natural hair. Helene D. Gale is an American doctor who's the CEO of the Chicago Community Trust, one of the nation's, nation's leading community foundations. Ursula Burns, CEO of Xerox. Essie Eggleston Bracy. Um, executive VP and COO of North America Personal Care at Unilever. Uh, you mentioned Deborah Lee. Like yeah. there are black women out here being themselves and getting it. Yeah, in these corporate spaces. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, doing a damn thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. Yes. Do you want to pay black pay women? black women? I do want to do that because we're underpaid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's upsetting. Give me your fucking money. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's 
another one of those cleansing, <laughs> cleansing, uh, cleansing things. Okay, so uh, JD, you want to tell them what the Pay Black Women I segment do. is? Yes. So Pay Black Women is when we highlight Black women and Indigenous women who need your money, right? Or who don't need it, but they just have a business that maybe you don't know about, you haven't heard about. Um, black women are underpaid. Indigenous women are underpaid to non-existent or spoken about. And so we highlight Black bis- Black women-owned businesses. We highlight Black women entrepreneurs. We highlight um, auntie who needs money to take a flight to see her cousin who she hasn't seen in years. Um, People who need to buy lunch. Anybody, it could be a nonprofit who's raising money. Any black woman or indigenous woman who could benefit from their business being supported or just from getting $5. So we highlight that. So hashtag pay black women. Yes. So today's pay black woman is the free black mamas DMV. Um, This is an organization that raises funds to um, pay out bails for people who have, um, women who have been arrested. Um, A lot of times, bails are, they don't make any sense in terms of the crime, and then they keep people in prison um, when they should really shouldn't be. People who are innocent until proven Proven guilty guilty are sitting in jail because they can't afford. Sometimes it's as little as $100, and nobody near them has it. 50 bucks. It could be small amounts of money to large amounts, but you could legit be sitting in jail because nobody close to you has fifty bucks yeah. to get right. you out. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna just read um, something from. They have a Google Doc going around for you to sign up to either sign up to fundraise monetarily. To um, I'll go down a list, but I'm gonna read what they have um, in the Google Doc. So since 2017, a collective of organizers, formerly incarcerated people, and community members across the DMV have bailed Black mamas caretakers and LBGTQ people out of cages, also, you know, known as jail, um, to raise awareness about the inhumanity of money bail and the conditions of incarcerated people. Our cause is simple and guided by a quote from Moment Mama Pat Hussein, Hussein of Southerns on New Ground. Money bail kept them in, black love got them out. Um, so if you go to the Google Doc, which would be in our show notes, when you listen to the show, you could sign up to either help to fundraise for the bill out, to bail people out. You could sign up to be legal support um, and also be on court watch so you can give pro bono legal support to those who are freed and or go to bail hearings and follow up um, trials. Um, there's no legal experience needed if you want to just be a supportive person in the courtroom for these people as they go through the process. Um, they also have a social work squad, and the social work squad is social workers and case managers who can offer case management assistance for these people. Um, welcome plus homecoming team. So these are on-site volunteers to support people for bail and bail out. Um, communications, which helps get the word out about Free Black Mamas DMV, organizing plus advocacy. Um, you can learn more about how to end money bail and transform how our society addresses crime. And then, of course, the art and culture. So that's artists and creatives and cultures making culture makers unite. So these are all ways that you can support this cause. Um, some A lot of times when people think of donating, they just think of monetary ways. And those are great. Money helps a lot because capitalism fuck shit. But mm-hmm. donating time, donating resources, to donating knowledge is a huge yes. way for you to help as well. So um, 
like I said, the link for this Google Doc to sign up is in our show notes. You can also um, check out the hashtag Free Black Mamas DMV. Also, this is something that's been going on for a few years, so you can look up Black Mamas Bailout. Um, probably just Free Black Mamas as well. It's yeah. a lot of this that's going on. So please look it up and see how you can support an initiative that's happening in your area. Yeah, so dope. Yes. So You want to throw somebody in the pit? Yes. Let's do that. Let's throw someone in the fiery pit. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. The new triple X has got to be more dangerous, deadlier, more attitude. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Again, cleanse. Oh, Samuel. Clean. <laughs> Samuel. Ooh. The L. Jackson. So ready. So ready to He's go. He's a black treasure. Black <laughs> I love him. So love Jay, him. Um, yeah. do you want to tell everyone what the pit section yes. is all about? Um, so it's the opposite of libation. So the pit is where we throw people who are working to um, fuck with our black joy. They are supporters often of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, or maybe they just um, stepped on our foot, and so we're angry. <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah, I threw FedEx this in the pit. This is my podcast. They messed up so, my package, so FedEx had to go on a pit. Yeah. Like it just could be, could be any. It's a range yeah. of things. So yeah, so killers of black joy is, yes. is where we throw people in the pit. Um, so I'm throwing in the pit. We're throwing in the pit. Mm-hmm. I want to throw in the pit false diversity and inclusion in Ooh. media. And media companies, because yes. y'all be fronting, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't like it. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, within this pod, with me and Jay doing this podcast, we've been doing this podcast for five years, and her and I don't have a media background, but as mm-hmm. we've been acquainted with seeing how the wheel turns and how this stuff works, um, we just it's just ever-present how much they do not want us to be in these rooms. Um, but then there is an onslaught lately of these fake initiatives to diversify yes. rooms or to act as if you're including people mm-hmm. in rooms. And it's like, that's just because you put it on the... The, the tag the mar- name the, for your contest? Uh, diversity contest. Diversity. <laughs> the fastest black girl to come and get this $5. We got wins. you. And it we ends got up being you. an ad campaign for whatever initiative you have. But meanwhile, did you help... Anybody? Do you, do you even acknowledge? do you even know a black podcast? You know, right, like things like right. that. So do you know who's already in the industry. They're like, we need more black voices. The ones who are here, you're not even acknowledging. They're not even listening. You, you know? don't even know they exist because you don't even care to look. Right. You right. know. Mm-hmm. Um. So we kind of wanted to touch on that. And so, what do you have to say that about that as podcasters as well? Definitely, as someone who is someone who was part of a fellowship and it was a diversity fellowship. And I was very like honored to get it because there's so many people applied. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got it. Um, but it was a great experience. Just like I learned stuff. But then you got to a point. I'm like, damn, like I'm really here because like y'all wanted to build diversity, but I'm not growing. Um, y'all not paying me as much as people. And then I see a lot of other companies doing the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, like we're going to get diverse. We're going to be diversity. But you're going to pay me as an intern. Bitch is great, but my rent is like we you can't work interns. Like they looking at me, looking at you, looking at me, like how are you gonna do this? <laughs> so which is like so like y'all wanna get people in the room, but like y'all don't 
trust us to be in the room. Like, y'all don't trust our ideas. Y'all don't trust what we have to say. Like, y'all do not trust us. And that's because of racism. Because how many times have I heard people be like, yeah, like, I just applied to this job and I was, like, a teacher and I just got, um, I'm now the director of audio and media. I'm like... John strikes again. I'm like, well, I'm you was an art teacher. I'm just like, wait, hold up, time out. Like, yeah, you know, I'm learning on the way. You learning on the way with a director position. That's nice. Because only certain people are allowed to learn right. on the way. They're given that. Oh, this person has the capacity to learn on the way. And we that's gotta not... go to Yale and Harvard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I, I went to Yale, so um, uh, I would appreciate if you just mm-hmm. hired me and pay me the big bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of want to jump on your f- the fellowship conversation. So it's like. You don't, you want us in the room. Like diversity and inclusion is, these are actions. These are verbs. These are things you have to actively do. So yes, you have your little fellowship thing and that's cute or whatever, but actually hire the people. Why aren't you hiring the people? Why aren't you making so that you just want low cost labor? Like, so since like slavery was abolished and shit and you can't just like. Allegedly. I'll let you stay. It's fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> since that was abolished and you can't just get free labor from black women, what are right. these other ways outside that you of can the get? Prison system. Yeah, outside of mm-hmm. well, there's a lot of other slave like right. institutions, yeah. but you know, we only have about go off, go off. We only have about <laughs> 15 more minutes. Okay. Um, but um, these fellowships are ways for you to get low cost labor. This is not. It is not a model that says you actually care about diversity and inclusion. And I wish that a lot of these media spaces would stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Hire them. Just hire them. Yes. I don't understand yeah. that whole model anyway. It just looks cute to you, but it is not progressive at all. Not to mention, um, the, they'll use the words, like you said, diversity and inclusion, but not take into account that we don't, we don't just show up to this like job interview at the, like as black people at the same level as our white peers, right? As our counterparts. So there are times when we will be up for a position and we either, according to them, we have too much experience yep. right. for whatever, because they want to pay us as an intern, yeah. or they feel like we have too little experience because we haven't had the executive roles that they feel like someone in this position should have, but oftentimes we haven't been given that opportunity because we need diversity and inclusion because of inherent racism and bias that we have showed up having experienced already. So I might not show up as an executive. That doesn't mean I haven't been doing a podcast, creating, producing, hosting a podcast. And it's also because the wave in which we work is not valued as work. I have been producing a podcast Editing a podcast, hosting a podcast, running a business, hosting events, um, planning events. Mm -hmm. That's fucking work. But because it is just me and Jay in this independent podcast space, it's not valued as actual knowledge and work. And that's that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Like There are lots of people who have the skills, but because one, if, if they don't have the credential in that, or you don't see that work as value, that's y'all shit and that's mm-hmm. something that y'all need to look at and address and and then it's like I want to jump into like those you know the trend last year was to have like boot camps and like mm-hmm. um you competitions. Know, competitions who's the fastest black girl run <laughs> right, down there right. hit that thing we'll give you ten dollars but even that but even that even that is exploit is you're being yes. exploitive because yes. you're mm-hmm. one making these people who are already marginalized people Comp- compete for one spot. Yes. These are already marginalized people. We're already competing just to live, right? Mm-hmm. So you're making us compete for one spot in your room. Okay, all right. 
But then you know that they're evergreen and they don't know the industry or they don't, they're new to this shit and mm-hmm. you use that and you exploit these people. Yeah. It is, uh, it is, you don't really want to diversify. You just want to, um, what, what is it? Talk the talk, like yeah. but you don't actually want to walk right. the walk mm-hmm. and it's, it's detrimental to, um, black creators. It's and it's a it, Hunger it, Games commercial. Yeah, basically, Brian. basically. And it's like. It's an action. Yep. It's an action. It's something that you have to actively, actively do. Like, how many mm-hmm. times have you taken a job that you know that you shouldn't have? Like, I remember once we were at a conference and this <laughs> this white woman wanted to kind of like she wanted to pick our brains, pick our brains to access how whatever the podcast that she was producing, how she could market it to black people. And oh, I'm we were like, black, by the way. We were black that day. We were standing <laughs> together. So. <laughs> That's 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 how she knew to come to us. Yeah, um, and I'm like, well, you can pay me to consult, right? Mm-hmm. And then the conversation stopped right there. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you you could you you danced your way over here to like mm-hmm. talk to me <laughs> and pick my she brain. Actually spilled her drink allegedly. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> to get all of this free information and I'm like and um to get this free information and I'm like well you can pay any of us to consult if you need this mm-hmm. you know information she's like oh we're a small team this is not this bitch worked at VH1 like what are you talking about <laughs> What are you I love a large about? corporate small team. Yeah. I love, I love a I large love corporate it. small podcast uh. that could. I love that. It's so, it's so much fun. All right. I want to diamond. What you got to say? I, I feel like <laughs> that's just hilarious. I feel like that and understand that diversity and inclusion does not, it's not just black and female. Yeah, <laughs> I understand yes, that yeah. having one black person is not really diverse and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Right. What if she's also character. disabled? Then what? Oh my God! What about oh. the disabled people? What about queer folks? Just what one. about trans folks? No, you just need one. <laughs> no, what it's if you so find great. like a black queer woman who's disabled? Trans oh. and disabled. You don't. Oh my God! That's it. She'll be the. That's it. And like forty Johns who don't brush oh. their teeth. <laughs> not, not the forty <laughs> Johns. <laughs> you hit that quota. You did it. Run a business now. You did it's it. It's not only great to have diversity because we're going to bring so much to the table because I think on you guys' last live show mm-hmm. when Angela um, Michaela Angela, Michaela, 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 Michaela Angela Davis when she, came, when she hit us with the we work so hard to get in these spaces and it's really just bland and dry yes like, once we on. get this like oh this is what you're oh, doing this is that's what? when I met the guy oh. with the wrinkled shirt I was like yeah I was like what right. really Look good, and you in that? Right, like I showed up. We're bringing so much flavor and background and ways to hustle and ways to get around blocks because that's what the fuck we do, especially as Black women. This is what we do to get around things and make stuff work. Mm -hmm. We have to do this to survive. So bringing us into the space, we're gonna, we're just gonna bring so much flavor and sauce to what you need. It's like we're gonna be worth the money. Pay us. Pay us. And and it, I said this in the um, panel that I just left from. It also saves you money. Do you know how much money you'll save if your room is diversified? Because yes, right, we would yes. say, uh-uh, that's offensive. That's innovation. Uh-uh, right. Don't do that. Right. If you put that out, you're going to get dragged right. and you're uh, going to lose. Right, you're showing it'll your sa- It'll also save you money. So, mm-hmm. like, just hire yeah. the people who know the things mm-hmm. and then... In the mm-hmm. long run, like if you care about capitalism that much, it'll also save you money. Right. Just Stephanie, before we get to questions, just Stephanie. I just think it's so important, just like what everybody's been saying, like hire people, hire people with benefits, like hire like you oh, should yeah, not, benefits. Like benefits. you should not be benefits. in a room 
that everybody looks like you. Like you should not, that should not be how a company works because that's not how the world looks. Mm -hmm. So like you should be able to sit in a room and everybody is different. And on top of that, I feel like, you know, we're at the point that, yeah, we want to sit at the table, but I think we need to create this table because they table is whack and they don't got seasoning. So we got to get our stuff and get it all together. We need more than salt and pepper. Because like... To taste. Right. Like being, just being in a space and like giving all that labor and like we just need... We just need, actually, we just don't need racism. Point of view. Um, that's what we don't need. Nice. Okay. If anyone has a, a question that they want to ask, they can pop up. We're gonna try and take at least one or two. If anybody has, look at this. Hey y'all. But first of all, you look amazing. Thank you so much. It feels so nice to like be seen for a day. So I just want to really just thank Jay and Queen for making sure that I was, they challenged the inequity of South by Southwest for bringing me here today. So thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Real quick question. In one of my pathways to deconstruct my own um, adherence to white supremacy uh, is the scarcity model. And so one of the questions I want to ask everybody on the panel is how do y'all work through y'all scarcities? And when you like when you first realized that it was happening and then how do you continue to dismantle the scarcity model and the work that you do and then the interactions you have? I think something that um, I'm going to take it only briefly. Don't get scared. I'm going to take it to Auntie Iyanla Van Zandt real quick. Oh, God. I know. Don't be afraid. Don't. Be, I'm not like all bought in, but... <laughs> But something that that maybe somebody else said it, I don't know. But something I think she said was um, that there's only two emotions. Maybe it wasn't her. I don't know. Fear, love and fear. And when I'm afraid, because I think the scarcity model comes from fear, right? And so whenever I don't feel love or I don't feel good or I don't feel like I want to work with someone in business, particularly when it's a black person, someone else who looks like me, when I feel like resistant to working with them, I'm asking myself, okay, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid that they're going to take something that I'm not going to have access to? Or, you know, I I break that down and oftentimes the scarcity model will come up. That, oh, I'm afraid that I'm thinking in a place of lack. That there's not going to be enough of something. And if I believe there's not going to be enough of something, then there won't be enough. Because we create abundance. We Mm -hmm. create ways for shit to happen all the time. And so it's just really... The other piece of it is knowing every minute that don't be afraid to acknowledge that we are affected by white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. So in everything I do, I think, okay, is this Genesia or is this white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, which is a part of Genesia because that's what we we live in. You know what I'm saying? So I always question that if I'm not coming from a place of love, is it because this person actually really, maybe I should just stay away from them for real? Mm -hmm. Or is it because I'm afraid that they're gonna take something or have something? Or sometimes my friends are awesome. We do dope shit. Anytime I have a weird feeling, I'm like, okay, wait. Is it because they're being mad awesome right now? And I'm wondering if I can be as awesome or whatever. Anytime I don't have a feeling that's yes, dope, sharing, love, I question it, you know, so. Hi, Mia. So I have a question. Um, I think this is a safe space. So if it's not, we'll kick them out. Don't Um, worry about it. We got you. So um, I wanted to know um, how can I ask my black sister? Well, let them know that hey, 
I am, I understand that I walk, I walk a different path than you, but can you still respect me? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I relay that message without people being confrontational? Like, I'm trying to fight this battle of this agenda of being trans, mm-hmm. of erasing cis women yeah. when we all should be together. I feel sorry. You go ahead. I just. I'm going to be honest, like, I don't have the answer, and I'm very not into asking for respect. You're just going to respect me, and that just is what it is, you know? Um, so, like, there's there's that piece, but then there's another piece where it's, like, I would say lean more into, that sounds funny, the cis sisters, the, <laughs> the cis women who... I hiss at the cis, sorry. <laughs> that makes me laugh. At the cis women who, like... I think that that should be my labor. Right. That shouldn't yes, be your that's labor. Not your job. That's for that's, that's for me to do. Say. Like that's you have you job. have enough work. Like so that's for me to do, and that's like my job. And that's if I don't believe in like allies, but if you use that language, that is the work for me to do. That is not even something for for you to yeah, fucking because do. Because that is there's fragility. Anyone who has privilege of any kind, there's fragility in that. So there is cis privilege. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And yep. so when you're talking to somebody who has cis privilege, they feel like you as someone who's not cis is supposed to bend to their will. It's the same thing as white fragility, male fragility, um, straight fragility. Every, like everyone who operates, we all hold some type of privilege in some avenue. So everyone who operates from a certain position of privilege should be working to dismantle that. So it's not for you to yeah. try and, because that's that's her bigotry at work. And yeah. You can't fix that and it's not your job. Exactly. And that, like, I, I got you. I'll, I'll say that straight. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you have Thank to, you. you have to be um, conscious of what you're bringing to the table too because there's a lot of, from the culture that we come from, there's a lot of misogyny that can trigger that in them. So we have to be conscious about what we're bringing to the table as well. Not say that they don't have work to do, but we have to lead by example by working on our shit from, a, from the inside out and work on that too. Cause then it won't, it, it'll be, sometimes it'll keep, it keeps the door open and for them not to, um, Think of you as the same old misogynistic person based on what you do and how you express yourself. Thank y'all. Thank you. Yo, this is fucking dope I think there's one more question. Uh, Okay. Can we go over time by three minutes? Okay. Thanks for taking my question first. Thank you um, for holding so much space. Um, I am Latinx um, and... I have seen no Latinx programming like this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so I've been going to all the programming um, being held by black women because y'all are holding the space for all of us who are. Stephanie is Latinx. (laughs) Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, just I have seen black women at South by So White um, holding so much space. South Mm -hmm. by South White. You know, and I'm wondering, like, where are my Latinx people trying to hold that space down to? And so, um, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yes, you annoy I'm sorry. Did I say yes, that? I didn't say true. that. It's true. And so, you know, my question to you is just sort of like, I mean, uh, how are you all, you know, crossing those uh, black brown lines? And, um, you know, what what can we do together? Because that shit ain't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. I think that something that we have done um, is like build, we're in coalition with one another, right? So, uh, we 
when the last year we came, it was because another podcast came and they were like, we're going to invite our homegirls. Yeah. We're here this year. And I know um, Stephanie hasn't been here before, who I'm going to say again is Latinx because Erasure. But Stephanie has never been here. Diamond, this is your first time like coming and being on stage. stage. And also, Casey acknowledged that we need to diversify this podcast space. And so it's up to white women like Casey, who are in positions of power, to say, I'm going to use my privilege to um, center black women and women of color. And so sometimes we, we can talk to each other about what we can do, but I think it's for white women and other folks, yeah. um, allies, people in power, yes, Mm-mm. to help make that happen, you know? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. We said it was no more questions, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. See, this is actually part of my question. Okay. Like, okay, so I'm used to navigating as a woman where women feel less intimidated for me to express my opinion. When is it safe for me to voice my opinion in the wake of black and brown women's liberation when I once walked in your shoes, quote unquote? Um, I think for me, I think that if you are uh, cis passing, I will say that I think you have a different responsibility to um, be quiet. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be quiet. But if you are a cis passing male person and I'm seeing you as that and I'm used to being silenced and and be quiet... Mm -hmm. And I'm someone who is working against white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. I'm going to speak. I'm going to make sure I'm speaking. I'm going to make sure when it's time for me to talk, I'm going to take up all that space. And so I think for you, um, as someone who is living um, the trans male experience, I think it's for you to read the room and see how can I give up this space there's in that, and then there's also your self-awareness. So, like, I think that if you have a if you have a heightened sense of self-awareness, you will, you will understand other people in the space. So, if if your um, emotional intelligence is at a certain space, you will understand when you are taking versus giving, right. um, and that's something that is really important. Um, also, a lot of times, I know when I'm in spaces where I know I am the person of privilege. I just listen um, and I speak when spoken to because that's not my space and I'm the person in the space with the privilege. Um, There's that way. And then another way for me, a lot of my learning to unpack or unlearn these things honestly has been with podcasting. So I don't have to be physically in the space um, doing the detrimental things um, as a privileged person. So like I can listen to these podcasts, learn these things and not take up space because we're not like, Mm-hmm. In the in the space, so like mm-hmm. a lot of our learning, I think should be done privately. Then you take what you learn and you bring it into the world. And I think that's what a lot of people of privilege need to learn how to do. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be in a space that is for someone else asking them questions and making them actively do work. But if they have already created the platform for me to go to to learn in that way, right. I'm gonna do it in that way. Yeah, and I also I think that because I don't, it, it felt weird for me to say to a trans man to like be quiet. Probably because it's a problem, but I think <laughs> I think that all of us have privilege, like I said before, right? And so there are times when someone has said something to me, and I felt like I was being silenced. But in that moment, I need to think: okay, is my light skin privilege at play right now? Right. Is my pretty privilege at play? Is my pretty? Is my um, 
is my height is my height at play is my education at play right now so when, when i'm feeling uncomfortable or when i feel like someone is taking space from me i'm think i have to think okay is this a white person, a white male who's sucking all the air out the room yeah. or a black guy who's sucking all the air out the room mm-hmm. or am I sucking the air out of the room from a dark-skinned black woman or a trans person or a disabled person or whatever. So I think it's really trying to constantly be aware of all the little pieces of privilege that we have or don't have, you know, and dismantling that. Did you want to say something real quick? You want to talk about yesterday? What? Oh, it's one thirty-three. I don't want to talk about that white woman. Um, So, (laughs) Um, we did a fucking podcast. We did a fucking show. This is so cool. Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, Diamond, can you tell us where we can find you? Um, you can find me, um, Diamond Styles, Diamond spelled the regular way, S-T-Y-L-Z, anywhere in social media. Um, but my podcast is Marsha's Plate. It's named after Marsha's P. Johnson. Um, Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Um, you can find that on any platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie, where can we find you? You can find me on uh, simpim.com on my website, but Bag Ladies, uh, Two Afro Latinas on bgladieswithazit.com. You can show us uh, on the website, all our social, we're BG Ladies on Instagram and also on Twitter. Yay. And we are T with Queen and J. Yes, we are. Um, you can find us on all the social medias on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ, on Tumblr and Facebook, T with Queen and J. You can just search for that. Mm-hmm. Visit our website, T with Queen and J.com. Personal course. social. I said social. I ain't giving y'all my social. Personal <laughs> social media um, at the Queen Speaks with an underscore at the end because there's a bitch who has my name also. Okay, uh, and you can find you can find my personal uh, Twitter and Instagram at Janicia F J A N I C I A. The F is for savings. And also, um, if you want to spend more time with us, we'll be at Leech's Cantina later from five to eight for a podcast meetup. Yay! Yep, come through. So come through, hang out, say what's up, buy a drink. Um, Leech's is a brown owned business, so. Let's give them our money. And um, that's it, right? Yeah. Okay. We did it. Thank you.